A reading from the prophet Isaiah, the chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of His robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above Him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there's a historical marker right at the start of this. And, you know, one of the good ideas when you're reading your Bible and you see a historical marker like Uzziah died, it might be worth just looking in a concordance and see who Uzziah was as a king. And if you look, you'll see that he built the kingdom up. He was strong. He was a good guy. Followed the Lord. But later on, as he grew more and more successful, he grew less and less dependent on God. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but that's a pretty common human characteristic. The better things are going, the less we pray. The better things are going, the less likely we are to show up in church on a holiday weekend. The better things are going, the less likely we are to worship at home. The, less, the better things are going, the less likely we are to pick up a Bible. But let our lives fall apart and we start praying like nobody's business, don't we? Uzziah was in that kind of place. Things had gone good and he got a little haughty. He got a little prideful. He thought maybe he was responsible for it, I think. He let it kind of sink into himself and one day he made a mistake. We've heard that kind of story before. You might remember in Genesis there's a story about the first man and woman. And the first woman was out one day and the first man was right there with her according to the text. So we don't want to let him off the hook. But the serpent came and asked her what God had said about the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she told him. And then the serpent said, well, you won't surely die. You'll just be like God. And I've always believed from that, that what got her in trouble was that notion that somehow there was something she wasn't. 
that if she could just believe, be like God, then she wouldn't be dependent on God for anything. And one of the common things I see in this world is a lot of people in a rush to try to be God. To try to make moral judgments on other people. To try to decide what is absolutely right, what is absolutely wrong. To try to decide who gets to live and who dies. To try to decide who gets to be free and who doesn't. Who gets to live in luxury and who doesn't. To try to decide who gets to have personal liberty and who doesn't. A lot of people in a rush to try to make God-like decisions today. And I believe that all of that comes from a pride and a sense of self that's distorted. And in the same way that sin came into the world through that prideful heart that thought, wow, if I just eat that, I'll be like God. I can handle that. Is the same heart that Uzziah had given birth to himself and he came to the temple to make his own sacrifice. No longer keeping the commandments of God, no longer keeping the way God had prescribed things to do, he decided to take it into his own hands. And when the priests tried to stop him, he did it anyway. And what Chronicles, 2 Chronicles tells us is that he was stricken with leprosy for the rest of his life. Because of that. And then he died. And I think the inference we're supposed to take is that Isaiah sees that same pride in the people of God that he is meant to go to and serve. And in this vision, he's worried about them. And we hear that when when he's in the presence of God, it's not just himself that he's concerned about. He says, I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. His worry is not just for himself being in the presence of a holy God, but the fact that God is present with the whole nation Israel with the whole ethnic group Israel, and that their hearts are slowly turning away from God because things have been good. Sound familiar? The story plays out in human history over and over and over and over again because we suddenly believe that just because things are going good, we must be the chosen one. We must be the one that God has decided to pour God's whole favor out. And there are whole branches of the church that are teaching that to people today. You can turn on the Inspiration Channel and watch that message all day long. That if we'll just do this, we'll have all this. And we'll be blessed and highly favored, they say. And forgetting that sometimes suffering... And sometimes being confronted with what we really are is what we really need. And that's what happened to Isaiah. I can imagine that he was watching the people of Israel and thinking, wow, what's wrong with them? But suddenly when he is face to face with the presence of God, he realizes that what's wrong with them is the same thing that's wrong with him. That he's unclean before God. That he's sinful. And that he's broken. When he cries out, an angel, a seraphim is a fiery angel, brings a fire from the altar, a coal from the altar. Did you notice it? Did you hear that? With a pair of tongs, he brings a coal from the altar. 
when they would make sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, they would carry the coals into the temple, into the Holy of Holies place. And so what Isaiah is reminded is that sacrifice has been made for his sins. When the angel holds that coal before him, it's a reminder that there has been a sacrifice made for his sins and that that sacrifice was ultimately God's will for him. Not that Isaiah would die, but that something else would die in his place. What in the world could that have to do with us? Perhaps it might be good for us to take sober judgment of ourselves and ask, here in the presence of God today, are we all that we should be? Here in the holy presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today, in the holy, holy, holy presence of God, can we say that our hearts are completely free of sin? Can we say that we have not thought something we shouldn't have thought? Can we say that we gave our employer every hour we were paid for? Can we say that we haven't cheated someone in thought or action? Can we say that we haven't let thoughts occupy our mind that maybe shouldn't have? Can we say that we haven't let attitudes dominate our hearts that shouldn't have? Can we honestly say that we've loved God with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with our whole soul, with our whole self? Can we honestly say that we've loved our neighbor as Christ has loved us? Can we honestly say that we've kept the law of Christ? Can we say that we've borne other people's burdens as He has borne our burden? Can we say we've kept true religion that the prophet said is the care of widows and orphans? Can we say that we've left no mouth empty, no back unclothed? Can we honestly say that we've lived a perfect life before God? I'll go first. For me, the answer is no, I can't say that. And here in God's presence, I'm reminded today that I need that coal. Daily in my life, I need that coal to touch my lips. I haven't had any fiery visions of God like this. I haven't had any visions where suddenly, even my own home, I was in the temple of God and before me was the, the Holy of Holies and, the, and the, the seat of judgment and the altar. I haven't had that. But over and over in my life, I've had those moments where I've realized that I've walked astray from God. And I've had those moments where some honorable, wonderful soul reminded me that Christ died for me. Even while I was a sinner, Jesus sacrificed Himself for me. In our system of theology in the Wesleyan church, we speak of grace as being responsible that grace doesn't just happen to us whether we want it or not, that God invites us to respond to God's free offer of salvation, of forgiveness for our sins, of pardon for our sins. Pardon's a great word, isn't it? It doesn't mean you didn't do it, it just means you're not going to get punished. Pardon's such a beautiful word. And we're often pardoned for our sins. 
But get this, there's more. There's also the work of the Holy Spirit in us to forget, to deliver us from the power of sin. We're offered pardon and power. And the coal that we are offered, dear ones, is faith. The coal put before us, the gift that God extends to us, is faith in Christ. Several times in my ministry, I have had discussions with people who have shared that the reason they felt like they couldn't come to church that often was because of something that was clouding their life. Something they were involved in that was running their life, that was running their soul, that was occupying their thoughts more than anything else, and something that they knew was killing them and destroying not just their physical health, but their spiritual health, and putting them in the shallow grave of death. And sometimes that person has been me. And I bet that sometimes that person has been you. And Isaiah's vision is not just for him, but for us as well. To be reminded that God invites us to kiss faith. To become intimate with faith. To invite it into us. To accept the gift that God extends. And let our hearts be filled with faith in Christ. Because we are people of unclean lips. And we need that healing. And why do we need that healing? Is it just for us so that we can get our ticket punched and go to heaven when we die? Or is it for our neighbors? You know, Isaiah could have come to the temple and he could have said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Kissed the coal and been made alright. But his concern was not just for himself. He knew that also that his people needed deliverance. You might be aware that people in our community need deliverance. They need the vision you've been given. They need to know that their sins too can be forgiven. They need to know that they too can be brought to a life that seeks to love God and love neighbor first. They need to know that they too can be pardoned from sin and given power to overcome it and released from the power of death. They need to know that that can be done for them. In the last little bit of that story, the question is asked, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah's response, having kissed the fire of faith, is I will go. It begs the questions, dear one. As we've gone through this whole season of Easter into Pentecost, into Trinity Sunday, have we given room in our hearts 
for the reality that we have fallen short of the glory of God? Have we given room in our hearts for the reality that the Son of God, God the Son, died for us and was raised for us and ascended for us so that we can be freed from that sin? And that the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can announce that good news. So that we can go into the world and be the living example of what happens to people when they kiss the fire of faith. Have you given room in your heart for that in this season? That God might be calling you for the sake of your neighbor. Who will I send? Who will we send? Pride can stop that. Pride can hinder that. It can turn us into another Uzziah who thinks it's all about us and our accomplishments and as long as we're okay, everybody else is okay. I'm sure you know that the Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Dear ones, let us not be so prideful that we will not admit that we are not perfect before a holy God. That we will not admit that we need the gift of faith. That we will not admit that we need the gift of pardon. That we will not admit that we need God's power to heal us of our sin, to cleanse us from it, and to empower us to proclaim that there is relief from the darkness of life. Pride will keep us from being the church that God has called us to be. Thinking that we don't need that. We're okay. That's a big, gigantic assumption, isn't it? To assume that this story can't be about us is dangerous. Y'all know what assume means, right? If you don't, ask your neighbor after church. Dear ones, before us is an invitation to respond to God's offer of faith to us. It is a gift from God. It is not something that you have to nurture in yourself. It is a fiery coal extended to you today. Won't you take it? Won't you let yourself risk kissing that faith? Risk being healed. Risk being set free. Risk being sent. If not for your own sake, then for the sake of your neighbor. For your coworker, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your parents, for your aunts, for your uncles, for everyone that God places in your path. 
Will you kiss the fire of faith today? We're going to sing a hymn called Here I Am. It's a reflection of this story. Don't grab your book yet. It's a reflection of this story. Would you hold the imagery of this story that it created in your mind? Would you hold that in your mind as you sing it? And would you imagine that in your singing of this that the angel is before you presenting the fire of faith to you even as you sing? And dear one, would you imagine yourself kissing it and receive that faith today? It has the power to make you whole. To make you holy. You can do that right where you are. Or if you want, you can come here and kneel as we sing this hymn. And I will pray with you. Dear ones, let us sing it prayerfully. Let's stand and sing together. Here I am.